open your Bible to uh, 1 Chronicles 4.10. Hey, don't forget, we have a St. Petersburg College representative coming today. Amen. After service, those of you who are interested in going back to school, uh, no matter what age you are, young or old, uh, they have money available, and they have openings. And so uh, don't worry about money. Go to school. Go to school. Go to school. Go to school. Tell your neighbor, you may need to go back to school. I'm tired of my job. You may need to go back to school. How many of you all in here uh, uh, currently enrolled at St. Petersburg College? Currently enrolled at St. Petersburg one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, great. Come on, that's great. Oh, 12, that's right. I see you. That's great. How many of y'all ever attended St. Petersburg College before? Look at that. Look at that, man. We're strong in here, boy. I was at St. Peter College yesterday. I was watching uh, Isaac play his basketball game. He's a starter for their uh, basketball team. Got a chance to watch their game. Boy, that boy can dunk too, boy. God, get up there. Freshman, freshman starter, praise God. But they'll be here today, so if you're interested in going back to school or going to school, um, they'll be here right after service in building two today. All right, first Chronicles 410. Let's get started. Everything else before that you can edit and cut out. First Chronicles 4, verse 10. And then we'll have the media get for us Matthew 25 and verse 14 to 15. Okay? Amen. Are y'all going to stand again? Okay. Well, look at you. You're diligent. All right. Let's read that together then since you're standing. Ready? Read. Now Jabez was more honorable than... Oh, I'm sorry. Very good. I read the wrong scripture. Thank you all very much. Verse 10. All right, good. So Jabez called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you'll bless me indeed, enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from evil. Let me not cause pain or experience pain. So God granted him what he requested. Now let's look at Matthew 25, verse 14 and 15. We're going to read it in the New Century Version. The New Century Version. They'll have it for us on the screen. Let's read together. Ready? Read. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who was going to another place for a visit. Before he left, he called for his servants and told them to take care of his things while he was gone. He gave one servant five bags of gold, another servant two bags of gold, and a third servant one bag of gold. To each one as much as he could handle, then he left. Then he left. I want to talk today on the subject, how much more can you handle? How much more can you handle? Ask your neighbor, how much more can you handle? You may take your seats. How much more can you handle? 2024, we declare it as a year of much more, the year of much more. And I told you God is looking for people who are going to release their faith and properly position themselves to receive, live in, and operate in much more. Much more. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Y'all have been playing all day. Thank you, Lord. So we've been teaching on this year on thinking big, on praying boldly, and expecting much. Y'all remember that? Yes. Pastor Kim uh, brought a message two weeks ago, powerful message, uh, entitled, Let Him Be Great. Powerful, powerful message. I, I encourage you, if you don't go over any of the messages this year, go over that message, Let Him Be Great. That one message summarized everything we've been trying to get across so far this year. Amen? 
And so uh, that's been the agenda to get us to think on a different level and to, because this is a year of much more so you and I have to release our faith for much more and then properly position ourselves to receive much more. So we've been reading about Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4 and verse, uh, verse 10. It says this, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. The choir did a good job expressing that. That your hand will be with me and that you would keep me from evil so that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. We talked about how Jabez, he thought big, right? He prayed this bold, outrageous prayer and God granted him what he requested. That shows us then, because God granted him what he requested, that shows not only God's heart or God, God's ability rather, but it also shows his willingness or his heart. That Jabez could ask for something so big and God would grant it. So God's able to do it. But not only is God able to do it, God is willing to do this for his people. Y'all got this. So we see what God can do. We see what God will do for his people. I told you last week we serve a God who loves us, who lacks nothing, and has no limits. He loves us. Everybody say, God loves me. God loves me. Say it again. God loves me. He lacks nothing. And he has no limits. What do you do when you have a father, a God who loves you and lacks nothing and has no limits? There should be no limit to what you and I can ask and believe God for. Ephesians 3.20 says this in the Living Bible. The Living Bible says this. It says, now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Are y'all seeing that? So God is able to do far beyond what we could ever dare to ask or dream of. Beyond, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. So then the question isn't or it cannot be, is God willing to do much more in my life? The question cannot be either, can God do much more in my life? We just read that God has no limits. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. Jabez asked a bold, outrageous prayer and God granted his request. So we know by that what God can do and we know what God will do. So the limit then is not on God whatsoever. The question is, everybody say the question is, how much more can I handle? God can do anything. And he will do it if I ask him to do it, if I believe it, if I position myself for it. The question is, how much more can I handle? That's where the limits come in. And I want to express to you today a couple of things that we, you have to know that can help answer some questions as to maybe why, if you and I have prayed for much more or believed for much more, why much more may not have uh, come yet. So I told you, you have to release your, your faith for it and then properly position yourself to receive it. So again, the question is, how much more can you handle? Ask your neighbor, how much more can you handle? No, number one, I want you to know this. That God knows how much you can bear. 
Oh, tell your neighbor, God knows how much you can bear. Now, I know you've heard that in scripture. God knows. You've heard the song. He knows how much we can bear. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, in the easy to read version, says it this way. The only temptations that you have are the same temptations that all people have. You don't have any different temptations. You ain't been tried in some special way. But you can trust God. He will not let you be tempted more than you can bear. So God knows how much you can bear. Now, I know some of you scholars and theologians look at me crazy because you're saying, oh, Pastor, that's talking about sin and temptation. Yes, I understand that. But I want you to know that when it comes to receiving more, God knows how much you can bear. Because it says he will not allow you to be tempted above what you can bear. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you can bear. So when you're asking God, God bless me indeed. God enlarge my territory. God give me a new house or God give me that brand new car. God give me that job, six figures job that I've been wanting, wanting all my life. God give me that. God says, okay, wait a minute. I know how much you can bear. Because what God knows, Deacon Robert, is that if you're not in love with Jesus, you'll easily fall away when increase comes. Oh, y'all miss it. God knows how much you can bear. He will never allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. So God's never going to put you in a position to fail. And he knows some of us are not really in love with him. I'm not talking about you, the person next to you. He knows that there are people, Jesus, I think Pastor Kim mentioned the other day, other, other uh, Wednesday morning, that when that there are people who when Jesus Christ had gone off to a, a different uh, location, people, they ran and they tracked him down, they found him, and he said to them, he said, you only follow me for the fish and the loaves. In other words, you're not following me because you love me. You're not following me because you want me. You're following me because of what I can do for you. And God knows how much you and I can bear. He knows that he knows that amount that will change our walk. Oh Lord, I'm going with you all the way. He knows that some of you, you get a man and you out of church. I'm going to stay on this side over here. It's, it's safe over here. Some of you, you ask and finally get that man you've been praying for. You don't pray for. All of a sudden, now he want to go on vacation three Sundays out the month. And you gone, Pastor. Hey, I'm not going to be there this Sunday because I'm going on a little trip. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm out of here. And that, all of a sudden, now, now we don't see you. And before, when you first got saved, all you want to do is be in church, be in church, be in church, be in church. But now a man comes along. Oh, let me help some of y'all. Maybe a woman comes along in your life. Because I've watched it. I've watched men come in here and get saved and, and say they want to serve God. And next thing you know, some old, some old nappy-haired woman shows up. And before you know it, now he ain't in church no more. Because, because Satan sent something that he couldn't bear. 
Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, don't fall away, don't fall away. God knows the tendency of people who are not in love with him, whose hearts are not rich toward him, that if, in, if they got from God what they believed God for, what they asked God for, they would not draw closer to God, they'd be drawn away from him. Glory to God. That's why the Bible warns us in Psalm 62. Psalm 62 verse 10. The Bible says, if riches increase, do not set your heart on them. I said if riches increase. This is what the Bible says. If riches increase, don't set your heart on them. In other words, when, when, when the increase, when the abundance, Lord, increase me. Enlarge my territory. You know, we've been praying that. Y'all, they just sung that, right? Now, when it starts to come, he says, don't start putting your eyes on that increase. Don't start putting your heart on that increase. Because if you put, put your heart on that increase, you'll be pierced through with many sorrows. You'll be drawn out. You will shipwreck your faith. Because now your faith isn't in God. Your faith, your trust, your confidence, your hope is in that thing or those things or those people that have gotten your attention. Look at y'all looking crazy. How many times did the Lord warn the children of Israel on their way into the promised land? How many times did he tell them before they went in, okay, when you get there, don't forget about me. And God was repetitive in that warning. Over and over and over again. Okay, you're getting closer now. When you get there, don't forget about me. I'm taking you someplace that you're going to really enjoy. When you, I'm taking you to a place that's promised. But when you get there, please, don't forget about me. Look at this, this matter of fact in Deuteronomy 8. Y'all have time to read this? Deuteronomy 8 because he, what he's saying is, you got to hear this ladies and gentlemen. If you forget God when increase comes, things will turn out badly. Things will not turn out like you like it. Deuteronomy chapter 8, are you there? Verse 6. Are y'all there? Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and fear him. Here's the part we get excited about. For the Lord your God is bringing you into the suburbs. Good neighborhoods. Gated, guarded neighborhoods. Plenty of acreage. A land of brooks of water. This is all waterfront stuff here. Of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. This is where you're headed now. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates and mangoes and Glory to God. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. You can have your groceries delivered to you. Just. You ain't praying every day for God to meet your need. It's 
your cupboards full, your pantries, your refrigerator, your dummy, all your deep freezer full. He said, you'll eat bread without scarcity, and if, if you don't eat that, you go out and eat something. I'm telling you where he's saying this, where I'm, I want to take you. In which you will lack nothing. Everybody say, lack nothing. A land in, in whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. In other words, there's minerals on that land. The land is worth something. He says, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall... You're going to praise God real loud. Praise God a whole lot when you get there. Don't get there and all of a sudden now you don't know how to praise me no more. For the, the good land which he has given you. Verse 11, are you there? Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Well, how am I going to know if I've forgotten? By not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I commend you today. In other words, you start getting smarter than God. The God that got you over, the God that got you through, the God that brought you in, now all of a sudden, now, now you two preachers got all your attention. And now somebody has some intellectual, philosophical ideas on how to prosper and how to live, and now all of a sudden you're not going to follow what God's word says. Now, I don't need church. Church is antiquated. I don't need, I don't need no preacher. That's antiquated. That's old school. Now, now we, we have philosophy, and now we have our own intellectual ideas, and now I can go to the university and learn about how to do things now. Now you forget about God's commandments. Y'all quiet in this Baptist church. Lest when you have eaten and are full, and I've built beautiful houses. Oh, this is what you're going to have. I wish I'd have gotten three more amens on that one. Beautiful houses you're going to build and dwell in them. And when your herds, this is your business stuff here, and your flocks multiply, and your silver, your gold, is all your investments are multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the hood? Who brought you out of the out of the projects? Lest you forget the God who brought you up out the ghetto. I know some of y'all's y'all y'all forgot already. You forgot you forgot that little efficiency apartment you were just happy to be in. He's brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, from, from the trap house. That's what bondage is a trap. He brought you out of the trap house. I ain't vaping no more. Who led you through that, yeah, the crack house. On this side, on the whorehouse. Y'all's quiet. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness? That house of that man that was abusing you, you couldn't get away. That, that house of bondage. Y'all ain't got to talk back to me, but it's a reality. And you finally broke free. Now, when you get what I'm taking you, don't forget. Don't forget. Where I brought you from, and that 
It was me all along. I led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which there were fiery, there was fiery serpents and scorpions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Muggers and robbers. In a, in a thirsty land, your water was turned off. Some of y'all know nothing about that. There's no power in the house. So I can talk to this because I've been there. Y'all always had power, always had water, always, always had your car payment on time. No, so I know that it is to lose cars. I know that it is to lose cars. Not parked them somewhere I couldn't find them. I knew where I parked them. Have the water off and lose lose houses. Come on, man of God. <laughs> the, the Lord who brought you out, brought you water for you out of Finley Rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which fathers, you, your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you, that he might do you good in the end. That's God's plan to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, He said, Don't get here and say in your heart, my degree. And my diligence, my hard work have gained me this wealth. No, and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he. Come on now. Who gives you power to get wealth. He gives you power. He gives you power. That's what he wants to do for you. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, watch this, if you by any means forget the Lord, your God, and start following beads and, and rocks, burning sage, and candles. Come on now, and, and incense. I, I was in a store yesterday looking for something, and it's, it's an African store, you know, African with all the African stuff, you know. And we, here we here it is. We don't we don't came over. We came over. We overcame. But now all the black folk going right back to the beads and the rocks and the sage and the incense and the, and the ancestors. That's what we saw. That, that's the reason we had to be at that collard green festival. Collard green festival. I hope y'all hear me, somebody who involved with the collard green festival. We don't overcome, but now we want to endorse all the sage and all the rocks and all the beads. But it was God who brought us out. It was God who brought us over. It was God who delivered us. It was God who turned it around. Not the ancestors. The ancestors was in slavery. They was bound. If they could have gotten out, they would have gotten out. But God brought us out. Wasn't no rocks. No sage. No beads. No candles. If you forget about me and start serving, follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. As the nations which God, which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Are y'all hearing me on this? Now again, God knows how much you can bear. 
And sometimes the reason God doesn't give people much more is because their character isn't developed enough to handle it. And this changes on every level. Every level. Every level you want to go to, you have to develop the character that matches that level. My wife has a, has a, say, a saying she's used for a long time that the air gets real thin up there. Meaning the higher you go up, up the echelon, the, the, up, up the ladder of success, the higher you go, the air gets thinner. And you wonder why you get these world-renowned pastors, world-renowned singers who all of a sudden talk crazy like they don't even know Jesus. It's because they shot up to success that their character was not able to handle. They're all quiet on this side. They moved to a place that their character was not developed enough to handle. And they got caught up in their success, their prosperity, their fame, their fortune, and they didn't have the inner character. And you wonder, how could so-and-so be at a party with so-and-so? even be comfortable at so and so kind of party whether the guys are messing with the guys in the party or not how could so and so even be comfortable at the kind of party that so and so would have it's because so and so doesn't have the character to handle the level that he moved to. Well, I thought God got him there. You know, you know the devil can exalt you. You know the devil can prop you up. You know the devil can move. You know the devil, the the, the devil, the devil offered Jesus promotion, and Jesus acknowledged that the devil had the authority to give him that promotion. So the devil could have offered Jesus Christ. You read it, Luke chapter 4. You read it, where, Luke 3 rather. Where, Je- where, where the devil offered Jesus Christ promotion, Luke 3 and 4, thank you. That you'll, you'll see then that he can certainly offer any preacher, any singer, any evangelist, any prophet, any apostle. He can offer anybody promotion. And if you don't have enough character, God won't take you there. I said, God will not take you there. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3 in the easy to read version. Look at this. Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3 in the easy to read, easy to read version. This, this, this is what, what God says. Make your tent bigger. Open your doors wide. Don't think small. I better read it again. Make your tent bigger. Open your doors wide. Don't think small. He says, make your tent large, but watch this next part, and strong. Make your tent large and strong because, verse 4, verse 3, you will grow in all directions. So on and so forth. So notice he says, before you grow, you have to reinforce your tent. 
That's a picture of making sure that you have the character to handle the growth. God will never take you beyond your character development. And the trick of the enemy is to take a person, the devil. You know, there's a real devil. The trick of the devil is to move people in a place where he knows their character is not ready. Because the devil's trying to set you up for failure. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. So he'll set you up. Don't let him set you up. All right, y'all got time for one more? So number one, not only does God know your, how much you can bear, number two, here it is, God knows your potential. God knows your potential. How much more can you handle? God knows your potential. Matthew 25, verse 14 and 15, from the New Century Version, we read this. Look at what it says again. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who was going to another place for a visit. Before he left, he called for his servants and told them to take care of his things while he was gone. He gave one servant five bags of gold, another servant two bags of gold, and a third servant one bag of gold. Watch this part. To each one as much as he could handle. So this Lord knew the potential of those servants. This Lord knew how much each servant could handle. Why did he give one guy one and gave another guy five? Because he knew that one guy with one couldn't handle five. Oh, y'all listening. So there are people who are asking God, God, or saying, God, I want more. I believe you. Enlarge my territory. Bless me indeed. God, release things to me. And God is saying, wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to waste anything. You're not, you, you don't have a five potential yet. I'm going to give you one. Let you work with that one. Okay, here's a question. How did that Lord know what each person could handle? Because he studied them, he'd watched them, he'd already seen what they had done, what they had. So what God does before he releases much more, he watches on how you and I handle what we have. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Everybody say proven potential. <laughs> it's always amazing to me, Elder Baker, when I watch these guys that go to the NFL, the NBA, MLB, and uh, these guys come in with these contracts, man. They pay these guys, I mean, just, just, I mean, just an enormous, inordinate amount of money. And everybody's celebrating, you know, wow, look what I got. And they haven't played. This, this is the problem that old NBA players have with new NBA players. The old NBA player said, wait a minute, we had to get in the league and prove ourselves, and then we got the contract. Now these guys come fresh out of college, haven't played a day of pro ball, and they make more in one year than we made in 10, 20 years of playing the league. They have unproven potential. Well, the Lord is going to watch how you and I handle what we have before he entrusts 
us with more, he's going to see how are you handling what you have now. Before you ask God for five bedrooms, how are you managing the one bedroom you have now? I'll come on this side. Before you ask God for a brand new car, how are you managing that old car that he blessed you with two, five, five years ago? When the last time your car passed through some water? And you wanted God to shine a new car. Y'all not saying anything to me. The truth is, God knows how much more I can handle based on how I've handled what I have. So here's the question. How are you managing your money? How are you managing your money? Talk back to me if you can. How are you managing your home? Because if one bedroom and the lights on one bedroom give you a fit, you don't want a five-bedroom home and the light bill on a five-bedroom home and cleaning on a five-bedroom home. You're not knowing God's not going to do that because you're gonna, when you get it, you're going to tell everybody the Lord gave it to me and they're going to come by and see everything broken down on it and say, the Lord did that? He's never going to set you up to fail. And he's not going to set you up to shame him. Glory to God. How are you managing your vehicle? I want more. How are you managing your job? Do you still get there on time? Y'all quiet in this Baptist church. How are you managing that job? Do, 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 you, do you still stay late? Come on now, y'all quiet. Or have you start taking that job for granted? Preach, Pastor. Well, I want to preach all over the world. How are you managing your current role in ministry? Do you take your current ministry role seriously? Are you excellent in your current ministry role? Yes, sir. Or do you wait to the last moment to prepare? If at all. Because God's not going to give you a worldwide ministry when what you have right there in your little circle, you despise it now. How are you managing your platform? What, what, whatever your platform is. Your, I mean, I'm talking about your platform, the, the, the place God has given you to speak for him. In other words, people tell God this lie. God, if you get me to the NFL, every time I score a touchdown, I'm going to give you the praise. But yet you walk past somebody in Publix and act like you don't know Jesus. Look how y'all looking at me. See, he, he judges 
how much more we can handle based on how we're handling what we currently have. I'll let you go. Luke 16.10 says this. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. So notice you're not tested out on much. You're tested on the least. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. That same story, the man giving the people five, two, and one. Remember that? Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler. So notice God won't give you rulership over many. Some of us, we are our own biggest problem. The problem is not God. The problem is not your man of God. The problem is not the word of God. The enemy is enemy. The issue is you. I know we don't want to admit that. We want to, we want to cast all the blame on somebody else. We want to kick the can down the road. But I believe, you know, I was looking, I looked the other day, Deacon Robert, March, March, you know, they have all these awareness months. March is, is everything awareness month. They have, I mean, awareness of everything. Every, every month is awareness of something. I think we ought to make, make March take responsibility for your own dumb actions month. Take responsibility for your own dumb actions. Stop blaming the world. Y'all quiet. Stop blaming your mama. That was 15 years ago. Stop blaming your last boyfriend or your ex-husband or your ex-wife. That was 35 years ago, baby. Stop blaming the government. Stop blaming Trump. Stop blaming Biden. Stop blaming the white man. Stop blaming the bread man. Stop blaming the brown man. Stop blaming the liquor you drunk 35 years ago. Stop blaming it. Stop blaming the school teacher. Stop blaming everybody else. Because what you do now is on you. Take responsibility for your own. Pop your neighbor in the, in the eye and tell him he's talking to you. He's talking to you. <laughs> no, don't do that for real. Don't, don't hand anybody out. <laughs> where I am and where I'm going is all on me. It's all on me. How faithful am I with what I have? Man, I wish I could tell you all the things that God is doing behind the scenes in my life. I just, I've got a liberty to express everything yet. But I know that it is in part because I didn't quit when I wanted to quit. And I have wanted to quit. I have wanted to throw in the towel. And every time I wanted to, God said, no, no, no. I, I, I want to use you. Don't forget what I've done for you. And now God is opening doors and making ways and doing things in my life. Matthew 25, 29. Watch, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Here's what you got to do. You got to understand. For to everyone who has, everyone who has 
more will be given. So if you can express or, or show your diligence with what you have, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. And he will have an abundance. And he will have, he will have, come on, an abundance. Let's look at another place. Proverbs 22, verse 29. Proverbs 22, 29. This is good here. This is good. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. God, I want my business to grow. Are you excelling in your business? Do you underpromise and overdeliver, or do you overpromise and underdeliver? Because in business, you should actually underpromise and overdeliver rather than overpromise and underdeliver. Otherwise, you surprise people with what you do for them, not disappoint them with what you didn't do. I wish I had somebody. I'm going to say like Bishop Vaughn, I wish I had somebody. You, 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 how do you approach your business? How do you approach your affairs? Are you excellent? How do you approach your sport? How do you, you approach your, vo, your, your vocation? Are you excellent in that? Can I, tell, can, can I just tell y'all a secret? point, I almost hate for somebody who's going to offer to do work for me to tell me that they're a Christian. It's better just don't tell me you're a Christian because you tell me you're a Christian at this point, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to hire you. Because I found Christians seem to be the laziest worst performing people in business. Like you think God's grace is going to cover up for your ineptness. No. No. Learn how to do some how. Master it. If you're going to fix a car, master that. If you're going to lay time, master that. Don't leave things all crooked. Don't tell me you're a Christian. I'm not going to hire you. Do you see a man who loves Jesus? Y'all ain't saying, I love Jesus, Pastor. I ain't hiring you because I love Jesus. Oh, I, I know the Bible. I don't care how much Bible you know. Can you get these tiles straight? If, you, if you're going to plait my daughter's hair, are the lines going to be straight? I don't care about you speaking in tongues. I'm going to come over here. I don't care about you speaking in tongues. Are you going to leave holidays in my paint? Or are you going to paint properly? Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. 
he will not stand before unknown men. If you keep doing business and you're stuck on a low level of doing business, you never get important, high paying, high level jobs, maybe because you don't excel in your work, don't keep blaming the devil. Y'all don't like me. Amplified classic, amplified classic. Give me the same verse. I'm, I'm going to shut down because y'all, I don't already quit. I'm done. Amplified classic. Do you see a man diligent and skillful? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. You don't get a pass just because you know the Bible. Because you prayed three hours this morning. You don't get a pass on quality work. Okay. Good news translation. Good news translation. Same verse. Show me someone who does a good job. And I will show you someone who is better than most and worthy of the company of kings. Is this in your Bible? This? See, y'all probably skip this every month. This, this is in your Bible. Give me the message translation. Message, message Bible. Observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. And it doesn't matter what field you're in. Child care, beauty, construction, teaching, paint, whatever you're doing. Baseball, football, basketball. You should take a backseat to anybody. Christian. Christian. Your Christianity is not an excuse for sorry. Or lazy. Or incomplete. Or ineptness. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. What, what, is, what is your schedule? What does your planner say about your diligence? Here's a question. Do you even have one? What is your schedule? What does your planner say about your diligence? In other words, do you map your day out? Do you map, your, map out your week? Do you map out your month? I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help because we pray much more. The problem is if you are disorganized, God can't release much more because it will be a waste. And God will never waste on people who are not organized. This is free. I'm not charging you 5000 for this weekend seminar. This is a free message right here. You have to get organized. What is your schedule? What does your planner say? about your diligence. But I don't use one. If you don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. He died, didn't he die? He got up early on the third day morning. Preach, pastor, preach. I think I will. Problem is, he did his job. He set us up. For success, but if we don't engage ourselves and take life seriously, we think it's grace that's going to make up the difference. 
What does your giving record say about your heart towards God? I said, what does your giving record, your tithe, your giving record say about your heart towards God? Because we're trying to deal with the question about your potential and how much you can bear. Again, if people have this mindset, oh, you know, God, you know, if I win that lottery, I'm, I'm going, I'll give you a million. I, give, I tithe, Lord. If you, if you don't tithe off a hundred, you won't tithe off a hundred million. Don't you tell no such a lie. Don't you tell a lie like that. I heard people tell me, Pastor, as soon as I get, get this lawsuit money, I'm buying the church all new carpet. I'm buying the church all, yeah, yeah they, they got it and left the church. Because you can't do it. You can't do it. Use a lie. And all liars should have their part in the lake which burns with fire. All right, let me, let me close here. What, what, what do your bank statements and credit report say about your ability to handle much more? We believe in God for much more. But what do my bank statements and my credit reports say about my ability to handle? See, your, your credit report is your story. Well, I'm not, I'm not worried about my credit report. I'm debt free. You still got to have good credit. You still got to have the numbers right. Because when you go to lease that, that, that building, they're going to check your credit. When you go to get that insurance, they're going to check your credit. Y'all better say something. When you go to get certain jobs, they're going to check your credit. So your credit report gives people a snapshot of how you handle money. Your bank, why do you think you're going to ask for a mortgage or a loan or something? They're going to ask you for your bank statements. Because they want to see how you handle money. And here we all think we can just mishandle money, mishandle debt, and God's going to release much more in our lives. It ain't going to happen. All right. Well, I'm done then. I quit. Proverbs 27, 23, and 24 in the, Le the Living Bible. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23 and 24, the Living Bible. Riches can disappear fast. Riches can disappear fast. It says riches can disappear fast. And the king's crown doesn't stay in his family forever. So watch your business interests closely. Know the state of your flocks. Know how much money you have. Know, know the condition of your business, the condition of your personal lives. Know it. I don't want to hear all that. Well, just, just, just stop saying anything about much more. Just right after Jesus comes on the much less. But there's no need in us carrying out this year much more, but we don't position ourselves properly. We have to prove to Father God that God, if and when you release it on my life, I'm not going to blow it. 
you can trust me to be a good steward of everything you give me. Jabez asked for more. God blessed him. We don't know any more details of Jabez's life. He asked God to bless him indeed, enlarge his territory, let his hand be upon him. We don't know what that looked like. All we know is at the end of the, end of the day, the Holy Ghost called him honorable. Which meant that whatever increase Jabez got, he must have managed it well to his death. Because the Holy Ghost, in retrospect, called him honorable. That meant he died with a good testimony. He died with much more territory. He died with much more money. He died with much more responsibility. He died with much more increase and must have handled it properly to be called honorable. Can God look at you and call you honorable? I hope he can. I pray he can. But what honor God even more is when we position ourselves properly to allow him to increase our platforms, to increase our territory, to increase our ministries, to increase our businesses to the point that we're the ones dominating the earth. Not waiting on the heathen to fund our projects. That the body of Christ gets in a position to handle much more. Ask your neighbor, can you handle much more? Pastor, you preached hard. I read the Bible. I read the Bible. I read the Bible. You and I have to position ourselves and not, and not use our grace card as some excuse to not do well. To not be excellent. To not be skillful. No. Work hard. My son plays baseball and he was in a, in a kind of in a slump where he was kind of struggling in, 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 the, in the sport in his performance. And we, I connected him with Pastor Elizabeth up in Frankfurt. Some of y'all know Pastor Elizabeth in Frankfurt, who's an awesome, profound teacher on the soul and grace. And she began to share some things with him, teaching him about how to tap into the grace to play the sport. In other words, there's grace available to you. She's an athlete. So she knew how to tap into grace to be the best athlete. And she holds records to this day from uh, Auburn University, right? Yeah, from Auburn University and in the state of Kentucky. Holds records. She knew how to tap into this grace for sports. So the same grace is available for sports is available for you to perform in your job wherever you are. But that didn't excuse my son from practice. You still got to get in there and hit that ball with that tee. Practice that swing. Practice your defensive skills. You still got it. Because grace doesn't 
cover your ineptness. That's good. You still got to work hard. But when you do the natural, then God comes along and puts his super on your natural and makes you the head. You and I as believers should be the top performers in every field that we're in. Y'all don't like that. The top performers in every field that we're in. Hallelujah. Can you handle much more? Thank you, Lord, today.